Welcome to episode 132 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Griffin, and this is our second installment for the Autism Case Study Series. Uh, it's a solo show. I love just connecting with you like this. I, I love having guests. Don't get me wrong. I love all my guest episodes, but I like being able to share with you my experience as a speech therapist in BCBA the past 20 years. And I hope that this helps to you feel inspired in helping your students on your caseload or your own child as well. Today in our autism case study series, we are talking about a student who was eight or nine. When I started working with them, they had no way to communicate with the world. The student did engage in unsafe problem behavior that was a barrier to their learning that was a barrier to them accessing the community. And I talk us through what did the assessment process look like? What did the service delivery look like? What did I use for fun in the therapy session when the student didn't like watching an iPad video clip? I had never had a student like this before. So outside the box thinking, and this student was able to start using visual supports, was able to start using their voice a bit and an AAC device using Prolo Quota Go. So I'm going to share this learner's journey with you. And this is such a great episode. Check the show notes. I share some really amazing resources that you can start using in your next therapy session. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Welcome to episode 132 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. This is our second part of our autism case study series. And part one, I shared with you all about a student I was working with who had lived in another country. And I started working with an upper elementary, middle school, and he was able to become a verbal communicator and independently communicate on his own, which was so, so amazing. Today here in part two, I want to share the story of a student who really had me thinking outside the box. Um, this was a student that I worked with in a non-public program. And this student was about eight years old when he had some IEE testing done. So a consultant went into his district and tested him. And it was deemed that it was really most appropriate for him to be educated in a non-public program. And so I was the speech therapist in that non-public program. And so I was working with him. I think what was really hard for this particular student is that he didn't learn from traditional uh, ways. And he went to school in a small district and they just were not ready to help um, a student with complex communication needs. And so he came to us and we were able to really provide robust intervention for him and help him find a way to communicate with the world. So when he was eight years old, he had no way to communicate with the world. He um, was using unsafe problem behavior that was a barrier to his safety, was um, a barrier to him learning. He uh, did not go out in the community often. He uh, could not have babysitters at his home. And what was absolutely fascinating about this student is that he really loved socializing and being around other uh, people. It was really hard for me when I first met him, our very first session, I remember going into his classroom and observing, because that's what I always recommend you do. 
um, for your very first session. And he um, really just had no way to communicate. He would um, really was not interested in a lot of things. Uh, and was really hard for him to be uh, in a structured setting or a naturalistic setting. He just was really, really struggling as a student. And so during one of our first sessions, so I saw him one hour a week during our one of our first sessions, then I saw him in my therapy office. And I was giving him lots of different things that I thought he might love and enjoy, like uh, different sensory toys and um, showing me an iPad, you know, go noodle or whatever it happened to be. Um, and there were a lot of things he, he just didn't like. And he he wouldn't look at the item. He wouldn't take the item. He wouldn't explore the item. And we went on and on like this for a little bit. So I had to really stretch my brain and I had to think outside of the box um, for this particular student. And so when I met him, he had no way to communicate. He didn't use pictures. He didn't use sign language. He wasn't verbalizing at all. No AAC device in sight. And so we just started working on joint attention, social engagement, requesting. And after so many sessions and talking with the IEP team and his parents, of course, and trying different things, I did figure out that he really liked listening to music and he liked country music, which I'm kind of having these re this resurgence of liking country music as well. Um, thanks to Morgan Wallen. Oh, I'm probably making butchering that last name. Um, and some other country people. So but back in the day, I really did love country music. So we would sit and we'd listen to country music. And I was really just building a rapport with a student, finding out what he loved and enjoyed. Um, another thing that he really, really loved was he loved carrying around like objects. So he loved having a straw in his hand and he would tap it around and he liked to have it. And that was fun to find out. He did like some sensory toys that were light up toys, but he would not hold the toy on his own. Um, he would never hold the toy on his own, but he did like to look at it. So that was a plus. We found that out. Um, he also loved mirrors. So these are just thinking outside of the box, really trying to be individualized in what the student loved and enjoyed. And these are just things I kind of picked up um, from being around him and talking to people in his environment and trying different things. So he loved looking at himself in the mirror. Um, one of the things that we worked on for requesting was having um, a big kind of makeup mirror that had um, lights on the side. And oh, he just loved that so, so much. So when this student came to us, um, the, the school team was really struggling with how to best support this learner. And so he didn't really have like a very robust IEP. And so what we did is we looked at that IEE testing that was very thorough and very... Um, very individualized to him and included observations in the school environment. And so from that, we created goals that were really going to help him. And so what we focused a lot on was the social engagement piece. If you've listened or taken some of our, our courses, start communicating today, help me find my voice, join attention. We talk a lot about join attention and how do we focus on join attention and what does that look like, which I'm going to share some of those activities in a bit. So we worked on join attention. We worked on um, that in a variety of different ways. We also worked on matching. We worked on imitation, imitation skills, and we also worked on requesting. Requesting was very important for him to understand the power that his voice really had. Um, I used to do a talk probably 10 years ago called The Power of Manding, which manding is more of a, a behavioral term. You may hear it, um, BCBA saying that, but we could think of it 
kind of in a more simplistic way as is requesting. So I do something, I get something. I say outside, we go outside. I say music, we listen to music. And so we definitely had that embedded. Um, and then because I was working in a clinic, we would work on orienting in the environment. And you know, the one thing we used for him too, uh, because we did determine through using an assessment process that I was really involved with because I was a speech therapist, is that this student was going to utilize AAC. That seemed to be the preferred mode. And we tried various apps and things like that. This particular student used Perlo Quota Go. And so that was really, um, uh, really hard for the student just to tolerate and understand that that was his voice and understand that when he moved from room to room, that he also needed to carry the iPad. And so being able to tolerate just, you know, carrying the iPad um, or putting it as a strap on him and carrying it around um, the clinic was an IEP goal. Um, and way back in the day, I feel like we were kind of making our own cases for AAC devices. Um, I think his mom bought one on Etsy, um, E-T-S-Y. And so we were really trying to be individualized and show this particular student that, hey, this iPad is a way for you to communicate with the world. And what was miraculous about this student is that we really saw when we worked together, obviously a very collaborative approach, is that when we saw an increase in his overall communication, we were seeing a decrease in his behavioral concerns and his unsafe behavior. Um, and that's a pattern that I saw often. And that's something that really empowers me to share about using applied behavior analysis with learners, especially learners who historically have engaged in unsafe problem behavior that's a barrier to their learning um, because it's a way to help them systematically learn that their voice has power and their voice could be sign language or verbal imitation or an AAC device. It's going to be different for every single student. Um, so the way that I saw this particular student is I saw this student, the first year I saw them by themselves. And so what we did was I did see the student in my speech therapy office because their classroom was pretty loud. And so I was seeing him in their non-public program. And so I had an office, which was very nice. And so to be devoid of distraction, I saw the student. And instead of seeing them in one hour chunk, I broke that up into two 30-minute sessions. So this is more of a, it was educational sense that I was seeing them as part of their school day because they were in this non-public program, but it was it was more clinically oriented um, as well because it was a separate placement. So I would see them for two 30-minute sessions. And I saw this student, oh man, how long did I work with this student? Maybe five or six years. Um, I actually included a video with parent permission of this student and helped me find my voice, um, which was our signature autism course um, about helping school age learners find their voice, which was so kind of his mom to be able to share um, that. And it was just such a joy. So we, this student was using AAC. <clears throat> we started with pictures though. That's important to say. Whoa, that's really important to say. So we were not following to a T the PECS protocol. We were just using visual supports. Um, and so this student had an AAC kind of binder with laminated pictures. And we would have like a section for toys and a section for people and a section for food and whatever was important for this particular student. And so that is how we started on this journey is we started with 
working uh, with pictures and having a visual support. <clears throat> and having the student carry that around was very important as well. And so we started that way. And then we segued into, we would have the iPad present. And once the student was understanding, you know, I do something, I get something, my communication is powerful. And we started seeing an increase in communication, an increase in the student's ability to, to start communicating. Then what we did is we started to segue into using the iPad. And so that was really powerful for this student too, to be able to use their iPad to be able to communicate with the world. So the things that we worked on for this student during these two 30-minute sessions, our sessions really looked like me working with the student. In the first couple minutes of the session, I would just have things readily available <clears throat> that the student, student had shown interest in. And this was where my outside of the box thinking came in. So, you know, he really loved his straw. We worked on different types of mirrors, like a handheld mirror. We worked on the, the beauty mirror that had the big lights on the side. And we had all of those items readily available. We also worked on listening to country music. And so the student was working on requesting those different items. The student was also working on orienting to the iPad to activate it for things that they loved and enjoyed. So we worked on the music app. And so I would show him a picture of the music app and he would look and he would match and he would find that on the iPad and he would activate it. And so really functional, functional skills for the student. We also worked on following one-step directions within the larger school environment and really tied into more functional routines like, oh, you know what? Miss Rhodes forgot to give this to the, the secretary or the administrative assistant. Can you walk with me? walking with me to hand something to somebody. That was what speech therapy looked like probably the first two years is really just helping the student have a way to communicate. And so really what was powerful for this student was using an AAC device. And so we worked on those skills, those early learner skills. We eventually, year two, year three, started working on labeling, very preferred things, very preferred people. We also were working on joint attention. Um, one of the videos that I'll include in the show notes that was really inspired by this student was Modified Connect 4. <clears throat> so this student really loved social engagement. And this student really loved engaging in turn-taking activities. But some of these turn-taking activities were really difficult for the student. And so what I did is I started modifying these activities for this student and so many others that I worked with. And so what was kind of a barrier at this particular program that I worked at is that there were changes in staff. Now, not a lot of changes in staff, but maybe every six months or every four months, um, somebody new was was working with this particular student. And so I wanted to be able to show them, oh, you know, this is how we're modifying Connect4. And so what I did is I took a video model of how we were playing it during our speech therapy session. And then I put it on a YouTube channel that was unlisted. So only staff members could view it, obviously with parent permission. And so what that did, that YouTube was an easy way for me to share with the technicians, the teacher, the parents on how we were modifying different leisure activities. And it was a way for us to really utilize video modeling, which is a really evidence-based strategy on how to learn a new skill. And we actually use video modeling a lot in our everyday lives. I know I do. You know, I took a course last year on how to 
do YouTube, how to make YouTube videos, right? And the process for that, um, I watched the course and I started to make some YouTubes. So make sure you check those out. So those videos were really, really nice as a way to work on video modeling and to work on this idea of modified leisure skills for my student and so many others. And so the way that we modify Connect for for this particular student is he would choose with his device if he wanted red or yellow tokens. And then we would just take turns until we filled the board up. So getting four in a row was a difficult skill for the student. And so we didn't need to do that because he was just engaging in turn taking. I remember talking to his mom and telling her how we were working on this in our session. And she said, oh my gosh, that's so great. And she bought it for him for Christmas. And he was able to play with his sister, which was really, really big because there weren't a lot of things that him and his sister could engage in together. And so when I came back after Christmas break and she told me, I bought Connect Four and they played it and we watched your video model. Um, uh, my SLP BCBA heart was extremely, extremely happy. So this particular student I saw from a service delivery model. So for assessment, uh, we used informal assessments. We developed our goals, talking about some of those early learner skills that I addressed. His service delivery for about one or two years was really two 30-minute sessions with me until we got him up and running with being able to first use pictures, visual support, segue into using an iPad. Um year three or four, we started to work on verbal imitation just a little bit based on parent input. They really wanted us um, for him to be able to protest with his voice, which I I thought was a great idea. And so we worked on saying things like move um, because he did have the mm sound in his sound inventory. Um, And he did learn that. And it was really enlightening for all of us on the team to be able to see that. Then we started to segue into 30 minutes individual session, 30 minutes group as he got a little bit older. And so he really actually for the group, he was really like a model for some other students that I was working with in the group because he had over time learned to engage in so many different modified leisure skills. So we did modified Connect Four. We did when he was younger, modified musical chairs. And the way that we modified that was when we turned the music on, the kids would walk around the chairs. And then when we turn the music off, they would sit down. And the way you modify it is you never take a chair away. You don't do that. That's kind of a mean game. Um, The kids just walked. And then when the music stopped, they sit down. Um, When the music stopped, they would sit down. And so that was a really, really fun game. We worked on modified Simon Says, which is a fan favorite as well. So it's always Simon Says. That's the way we modify it. And we're working on gross motor imitation. So that was a really, really important skill for us to work on. And other skills that we worked on as well were the modified Connect Four. Um, And we also worked on something called the grocery store game, um, which I have for free. I will link it here in the show notes. And so you take turns coming up with different words from things you would buy at the grocery store. So I went to the store and I bought apples, bananas, carrots. And so I would show a visual and then the student would find it on his device. And so he really was a leader and he would come into our group and he would model how to engage in these modified leisure skills with others, which was really fun for him because he really, really loved and enjoyed engaging socially with other people. As he was older, his his other 30-minute individual session segued into focusing on vocational skills. And so we would set up simulated vocational activities within the school environment. So 
as an example, one of them was we had a push cart and he would have a visual of things that he needed to get for his classroom. Maybe it was paper towels and napkins. And then he would push his push cart down to the stage and he would go into the inventory area. He would match his icon to the item and then he would get those, put them on the push cart and take them back to his classroom. And so we really, for his individual sessions, would have a focus on vocation. And so his one hour of speech therapy was segued into this 30 minutes of vocational activities as he got older, and then 30 minutes of group activities. So it was fascinating to see this student's growth over the five, six years that I worked with this particular student in a non-public program. When I first met him, he had no way to communicate. We used informal measures to develop functional goals for this student. And then we were able to work on requesting and joint attention and started with pictures and visual supports and segued in him using his voice and him using an AAC device. I hope that this has been a helpful episode for you to visualize. I hope that if you have students like this, that you are feeling inspired in how to help each and every student find their voice. I can't wait to see you next time on episode three of our Autism Case Study Series. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.